Okay, thanks for taking care of yourself today. I'm Allie, a former therapist turned mental health and life coach, here to help you break through anxiety, befriend your mind, and do life with less worries and way more fun. It's time to mental health and chill. Hello, my fave peeps. Today, we're talking about how to stop overthinking. Overthinking is one of the most exhausting things. It drives me crazy. It's a pattern that I myself am constantly stuck in. Do you want a story time? Okay, so (laughs) let me illustrate overthinking for you if you are unfamiliar. Um, A few months ago, we were, my husband and I had just moved into a new house and we were doing some renovations and updates and Um, He was working and I was um, working on my business and so I was taking on a lot of the renovating and anyway, I I was tired Um, physically and emotionally. I had run out of my prescription for a few days for my anxiety and it was kind of like this perfect storm, okay, of unwellness. Um, And one day during that transition time, my husband was running late from work, but I hadn't heard from him. Um, I didn't know when he was going to be home, so he hadn't called or texted me or anything. And let me take you on this thought spiral. All right. It started out, my husband's not home. Oh my gosh, something must have happened to him. You know, he got in an accident or something. What if he's dead? If he's dead, what am I going to do with this house? I'm going to have to sell the house. I'm going to have to move in with my parents. I'm going to have to date again. Who will I even date? Where will I find somebody like him? If I get remarried, what if we have a child? Will they be okay with me naming my child after my husband, my first husband? And then about 30 seconds later, he walked in the door and... (laughs) I breathe again. But uh, this is the havoc that overthinking can take us on. It's like a swirly of doom, right? We just go bam, 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 running through. Um, If you can relate to those kinds of thoughts, um, you're not alone. Okay. Um, And I know that some of you out there can because I talk to you. So don't make me feel alone because this is a thing we share. All right. We all overthink. Um, But I was scrolling through Instagram a while ago and I heard this little tune that I just thought was so comforting. It was, you know, just relax, my friend, you're overthinking. And even if there's a problem, there's a solution. I was like, what a lovely little way to think about that. If there is a problem, there has to be a solution. That's kind of the nature of problems. It means there has to be some kind of resolution or else then it's not a problem, right? Then it's already done. So Even if there's a problem, there's a solution, we're going to find it. It is okay to overthink. Overthinking is your body's way of trying to protect you and keep you safe, right? My body in that moment was just flying through fight or flight going, okay, what's our game plan? If this worst case scenario were to happen, what would you do? It's looking for every possible stressor that you can encounter because that's its job to keep you alive, right? That's its whole function is to just keep you alive make sure that you're safe. But the tricky part about our brains is that they get confused about what is an actual threat to our safety versus a perceived threat to our safety. And when we respond to a minor problem with the energy of fight or flight, we get tired, right? And you can't find a logical solution because that's not fear's job. The part of your brain that's being activated by fear is not in charge of logic and it inhibits you from accessing logic because you're in a state of survival. That's the top priority and it's not gonna let you use any 
logical thinking processes because you are trying to stay alive, right? So it's using that fear energy. You got to take action and you got to protect yourself uh, or else you're going to die. Now, now this is getting morbid, but like if my husband were to pass away or something, I wouldn't die. I have resources and logically I can think that through. But in that moment when I'm panicked, there's no logic coming in. It's just fear. It's just overwhelmed. It's just stuck. It's, you know, that's the freeze response of like, oh, now I'm paralyzed and I can't do anything more, right? So when we're overthinking, it's just our brain's trying to keep us safe. We honor that space and go, okay, thank you, brain. Thank you for trying to keep me alive. But what we want to do is start to incorporate a principle called radical acceptance. This idea is designed to keep pain from turning into suffering because pain is inevitable, right? Bad things are going to happen in life, but suffering, which is the continuation of pain is optional. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie, um, magical beasts and where to find them. I think that's what this from Newt Scamander. He says, my philosophy is that worrying means you suffer twice, which is exactly true. You worry before the thing happens. And then if the thing happens, you also worry. So, uh, the worry is not super useful to us unless we're using that energy to take action in some way. Otherwise it's just releasing cortisol, which is a stress hormone into your body, uh, keeping you stuck. And that cortisol, um, makes it difficult to sleep. It makes you undereat or overeat it. Like it causes all kinds of havoc in your body when it's not needed. So we want to be trying to release cortisol when it's needed because stress is not bad. Um, it can be an important motivating thing in our life, but we want to just clarify to our brain what is an actual threat versus just a perceived threat. And a way that we can tap into this radical acceptance is, um, well, I like to use the serenity prayer. Maybe you've heard of it. It's an AA, um, a principle from AA. I started out my career in therapy as a uh, substance abuse therapist. So I learned a lot about the 12-step program and all that sort of thing. I got lots of feelings about that. But the serenity prayer is something that I appreciated and value I gained from that time. Um, it says, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And in saying God, it just is referring to a higher power, whatever higher power looks like to you. So I need to know how to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Here is the wisdom. Let's dive into that. How do I know the difference? Because that's where we get mixed up. Like, okay, I can accept things that I can't change, but how do I know what I can't change? How do I know what I have control over? How do I know um, what I need to let go and what I need to take action on? So here we go. Here is some wisdom in how to find the difference. When we are overthinking, I want you to ask yourself the question, what do I have control over in this situation? And how do I want to spend my energy? Energy is our most valuable and precious resource. So we don't want to be spending it willy-nilly, right? So let's break down what you actually do have control over. Everything you have control over can fit into a little tiny box. So I call it my control box. The things that you have control over are your own thoughts, your own feelings, and your actions. 
And that's pretty much it. And you know what? Sometimes with thoughts, we don't even have control over that. They pop into our head. We have control over how we respond to them, right? So thoughts, feelings, and actions. That's all we've got control over. Sometimes even just that is too much for me. But we're going to release the stress of anything else. Anything else that is not within your control, you don't have to spend your energy on. So I'm going to talk you through how to do this. I call it an energy audit. How do we want to be spending our energy? So let's say, for example, you're feeling stressed about the possibility of losing a job. Let's say that that worry is coming to you. Well, what do you have control over in that situation? Stress about losing a job. Well, um, if it's only stress and there's not facts, we need to go talk to your supervisor, right? You have control over that. You can say, hey, I'm having this worry. We can communicate that. We can see where things are at. Uh, you can start to um, make a plan to find a new job. If that's what you need, you can start applying to new jobs. Um, that's how we can use our energy rather than just sitting there in fear going, I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my job. We can find facts. We can find evidence. We can seek new opportunities. We can create plans, right? Those are effective ways to use your energy instead of sitting, feeling stuck in a situation. All right, let's do another example. So let's say you're feeling stressed about not having enough money. So you've got all these fears running through your mind of like, how are we going to pay our bills? How are we going to take care of our family? Um, I The car is broken. I can't get to where I need to go. Right? All these kinds of things. So what do you have control over in that situation? Remember, thoughts, feelings, and actions. I have control over how I currently spend my money. So I can tighten down, I can create more uh, budgets, I can spend my energy focusing on that. I could spend my energy focusing on finding a place to take out a loan if I'm getting to that point. I could spend my energy finding ways to make more money. So you're not limited, right? That we take the pressure off of what you don't have control over because you don't have control over um, the amount of money you're currently making at your job, let's say, unless you go ask for a raise, right? There, there's So there's so many more solutions to the problem when we break down what we actually have control over instead of staying in the stress. Um, an example I use a lot of times is um, like, imagine that we're a little fish and in the distance in the ocean, you see this huge gray shark coming at you. And as it gets closer, uh, well, first you're freaking out of like, oh my gosh, this shadow, this huge shadow is a shark and it's going to come and get me. I'm going to die. Ah, what am I going to do? As it gets closer, it just ends up being a school of fish. Okay. So we go, oh, all right. I can handle a school of fish. That's what we're doing. We're identifying all the little fishies here and breaking down what you have control over versus what you don't. If you've got control over it, take action. If you don't release it. It gets to be done. It's not worth your energy. Okay. Last example. Let's say you're feeling stressed about a relationship. Um, you're worried. Is it working? Is this the right decision for me? Um, what if I let people down? Things like that. Well, what do you have control over in that situation? You have control over communicating these fears to that person. You have control over maybe seeking resources to help you in that communication process. You have control over um, how you think about 
the relationship. Maybe it's a matter of perspective. Um, and it, these are all very nuanced, right? It, it depends completely on the situation. But you can go through and do this energy audit, break down what you're feeling stressed about, find all those little fishies, and then talk it through. Do I have control over this? Does it fit into my control box of my thoughts, feelings, and actions? If not, it is not worth my energy. I'm just going to release it. It gets to be done. I say, okay, that one's not mine. I let it go. I'm going to use my energy on this instead. The answer may not always be what you want it to be. The solution might not be what you hoped for all the time. But sometimes the solution to a problem is accepting that you don't have a good solution. Because if you have done everything within your control, then you can trust and release that worry from your body, right? That might be the answer of like, okay, I've done everything in my power. Now I just have to set it down and, and watch what happens. I know this might feel uncomfortable because as humans, we want the black and white. We want the clear answers because that's what feels safe. That's what feels known. If I, if I know that one plus one equals two, I feel safer. I feel more confident. But we just aren't always going to have a super clear answer. And when we make, when we practice acceptance, that radical acceptance in creating space, now maybe we have a moment of pain, but we no longer have the prolonged suffering. I hope that's making sense. Please, please protect your energy because it is your most valuable resource. Um, that is what we, there's an exchange of, every, of energy in every interaction we have. So... Quick little recap here. If you have got a problem, write out an energy audit. Write out your fears and answer the questions, what is in my control and how do I want to spend my energy? Check into your control box and then just enjoy all the extra energy you find along the way. It can be pretty awesome. The overthinking ends. Your mind gets quieted. The swirly of doom is over. Cause guess what, my peeps? You got this. Hey, thanks so much for chilling with me today. I'm playing a part to break through the stigma around mental health. In my world, taking care of your mind is shame-free and a piece of cake. If you want to help shake the stigma for free, be sure to share this podcast with your fave peeps and spread the mental health love. If this episode left you feeling ready to handle any challenge foolish enough to face you, please leave a review. It's another free way to help people heal and helps me know what you're loving have some mental health questions, want to work together one-on-one, -on -one, need a speaker for your next event, send me a message at empower at ally-nelson.com and we'll chat. Remember, you are enough. I'm here for the times you need an extra reminder.